Hey, Crashers. A friend of ours, Morty, got in a pretty severe accident um, a couple of weeks ago and is in need of some help to pay for their medical bills and their future treatments. Um, I'm posting the link in our description for the show this week to their GoFundMe and any help would be much appreciated. Thank you. But the last page just says Krusty the Clown. <laughs> yes. Hey, I'm Eli. And I am Ian. And this is Conspiracy Crashers. Today we're talking about uh, the clown panic of 2016. Um, there's a clown spiracy about it. <laughs> no? <laughs> okay. God, I hate myself. I like pre-planned that joke. I wrote it in here. <laughs> oh, good, good. That, glad to know that was one of our scripted lines. Okay. <laughs> I was really okay listen I came up with the um, pun while I was taking notes and literally like typed it in all caps and like bolded it and underlined it and like I was like this is my most important note but we're talking about the conspiracy theory that all of the clown sightings in 2016 was due to a publicity stunt from the marketing team of Stephen King's It. Okay so we're talking about what would essentially be a global conspiracy Yep. Because it's not like, it's not like this was like just, you know, within one, one particular location. We're talking, you know, over 20 different countries worldwide. In the states in the U.S. that it happened in were Florida, Georgia, Mississippi, Arkansas, Missouri, Louisiana, Texas, Virginia, West Virginia, Mar- Maryland, Delaware, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, New York, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, Minnesota, Illinois, Iowa, Nebraska, Kansas, Colorado, Utah, Idaho, Oregon, and Washington. Interesting that it never hit California. I find it Im- impossible to believe that California didn't have a clown scare of its, of its own. Right. I'm like, that makes no sense to me. Because also, like, California is the film hub, which almost, like, to me, I'm like, okay, so it wasn't a marketing stunt if nothing happened in California. That alone is a big question. Like, of all the places for the publicity stunt not to happen, California, Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you would, yeah, I would, like, picture it going down, like, Hollywood Boulevard, not middle of nowhere, Kentucky. But, you know, so I, there's there's actually something I can talk about later which might help to sort of lend some credibility to this kind of idea. But I feel like before we do that, we should get a little more of a, like, narrow scope on what the actual details and facts are regarding this theory. Basically this whole thing revolves around two scenarios. And the first scenario is that it was a group of people dressed up as clowns preying on children, which is lovely to think about. Exactly what we all want to think about. Yeah. Yeah. The second one is that evil clowns are people who dress up as scary clowns for fun to freak people out. And they strayed outside of their usual territory and were wandering the streets. So both of those seem kind of like something that's like feasible. Like people who want to freak people out, cool, that happens. And then people wanting to hurt children, that happens. Yeah. But the clown thing just exacerbates the problem, the scenario itself. There wasn't very often evidence that the clowns were ever even there. So that makes things a little harder. And I think, I mean, it just caused a lot of paranoia because it went from like, the um, Green Bay incident with Gags the Clown um, scaring everyone on the street, but he was just kind of standing there looking creepy. Um, And the cops got caught on him a lot um, and it ended up being a marketing stunt. But from there, it kind of just really increased everything. And like there were more and more almost copycats doing absolutely. And like they weren't doing any like damage. They weren't hurting anyone. They weren't going up to anyone. Basically, um, because of that one, people started like mass, it started mass paranoia, par- mass paranoia, where like all of a sudden there were clowns everywhere, but at the same time they were nowhere. Yeah. So the, the weird thing about the, the weird thing about the clown panic, as opposed to the clown sightings, is that the panic spread a lot more quickly than the sightings themselves actually did. Uh, primarily because most of the sightings went unconfirmed throughout the entire scare. So while it was really easy for the news to travel, for the stories to travel about about these reports, 
most of them didn't actually come up with any sort of evidence to support them. Yeah, uh, it got really weird also because they were like saying that like clowns were shooting at them and they were living in abandoned shacks and stuff. And like the police went out there, but there wasn't anything <laughs> there they couldn't find shells they couldn't find proof that anyone was living there so like there were just a lot of like um questions raised with that itself of like were they actually ever there were they there and something got tipped off so they left like i just feel like there's a lot up in the air with that itself yeah that's that's one of the first that's one of the first pieces of evidence that really starts wearing down the theory is if all is uh, you know, all the all of the, the all of the reports and sightings were publicity stunts. The place that starts wearing down is which of them even happened. Yeah, uh, like a lot of these stories just helped inflate the overarching theme of clown attacks without actually having valid evidence supporting their occurrence. So, were was every fake event also part of the publicity stunt? If so, why have the real publicity stunts? You could save money by just spreading the rumor. Right. And, I mean, they went in and, like, actually denied it multiple times. That they had, that, like, it had nothing to do with what was happening. The producers denied that it was part of a marketing stunt. Um, Stephen King multiple times stepped forward and told people that they needed to calm down about the clown sightings, that, like, there wasn't anything happening, um, but that actually led to like more people saying it was a publicity stunt. Because yeah, Stephen King stepped forward and was like, "Oh, don't worry, it's okay." And like the the problem the problem is if your if your product is influencing a is influencing the public, and you then deny that there's anything happening that's encouraging the, that's like the, the nothing's happening. Yeah. The denial becomes publicity. Because everyone will look at it. Yeah. And so, like, he stepped forward multiple times with that. And I think that made it worse that he did as a whole. I don't think it intentionally made it worse. Like, he wasn't sitting there like, how can I fuck this up even more and really freak people out more? Yeah. But it just kind of worked out that way. Um, But it's really interesting because we go from that to him denying it to um, a 20-year-old boy that was dressed up as a clown said that... um, New Line Studios hired him to do it. Um, That's how the denial first happened. But then a couple other people admitted it, including a 64-year-old man who got arrested and admitted to threatening children while dressed as a clown, threatening to murder them. And he also said that New Line hired him to act like Pennywise. But first of all, I don't know if you've seen the movie. Um, Pennywise has a fairly distinctive look within the movies. Yeah, and also, he never threatens to kill them. He just does. Like, Yeah, the, the interesting thing about It in particular is that It is much more of a psychological killer mm-hmm. where threatening to kill the, the children usually isn't the optimal way to reach his goal. No. It's better to actively... It's better to actively, actively uh, stage attempts on kids' lives that are intended to fail, to fall, fall just short of actually succeeding to ma- build up fear, because that's what it feeds on, is yeah. mounting fear, not necessarily just killing a child. Well, and like, that's one of the big things about it to me is that, like, I mean, he does disguise, he, like, shapeshifts into their biggest fear. Yes. And so, like, he's actually very rarely a clown. If I remember correctly, he's only a clown with one of them. Uh... That's hard to say. I think I think it's not necessarily that it only appears as a, as a clown to one. Well, granted, it could be so in the books. Mm. It could be so in the books that only one of them sees uh, it as a clown. It's rich. However, in the movies, it's a little more ambiguous. Yeah. Uh, I know. Okay, wait. In the movie, Richie is the one that's scared of clowns. Eddie's the hypochondriac. Yes. Um, and then it's um, the girl is scared of her father. Mm-hmm. there's the boy i think it's ben who is scared of the headless kids from the easter eggs that blew up yeah um the jewish boy is scared of the painting mm-hmm. is that all oh and then um the boy that's scared of the like meat fridge or whatever yes so he uses that 
And if I understand correctly, he also like feeds off the fear, like the fear is what gives him energy. Yes, precisely. It is, it is not literally the bodies of children being consumed that fuels it. It's the fear. Uh, it's the fear that he creates uh, within their minds, which actually is one of the reasons why it very rarely actually, like, kills kids instantly. Right. Uh, yeah, like the first because, one with Georgie is just really, that's a rare scenario. Georgie was a rare scenario, but it also kind of makes sense in the sense, if you think about it, that it gave one of the principal characters something to fear. Right. And something to hate themselves over. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. precisely the kind of, that's precisely the kind of leverage it needs to survive. Yeah. So you could, so you could consider Georgie more of a long-term investment in that case. Atlas for fear. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which then if you go back right to what's actually happening with this epidemic of clowns showing up, it's fueling fear. So, I mean, that's kind of another argument that it is publicity. Like, people were saying fearless. Creating, but but on on the same page, you could argue that creating fear is a sign of just terrorism, you know? You know, that's fair. That's fair. Hey, Grandma, guess what? I made a podcast. Oh, Peggy Sue, that's great. What's a cast slot? Is it for your Tic Tacs? You can listen to stories on it. And I can audiobook one time. My boyfriend sent me an audiobook. Those were the days. No, it's different. It's super easy. I use this app called Anchor. This one is about conspiracy theories. Like how everyone believes the Earth is round? Um, sure. <laughs> I don't want you to spend all your pennies on this Anchor thing. Actually, with Anchor, it's free. I've already made money on my first two. Where can I listen to this past pod? Anchor distributes it for me on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You know what they say, an apple a day keeps the podcast to stay. Grandma, you said it right, podcast. What? I said Laudplast. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. In theory, you could you could make it all out to be just a really big grassroots terrorist organization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I actually, I want to take a hot second and step back into history. Mm. Yay! Of, um clowns because i mean we started off like clowns used to be seen as this like kind of funny thing that was like at kids birthday parties and all cheerful and um it can go back all the way to 1817 um the man named grimaldi who was one of the biggest entertainers in europe yeah and he wore these lavish costumes and the white face with the red nose he kind of contributed to what we used to see in modern culture as clowns but then we jump forward from 1817 to um charles dickens who actually portrayed the first idea of a disturbed clown um in one of his novels i don't remember which novel it was but um he was the first one to like really portray that image of a clown that wasn't just like happy-go-lucky and then we have um, the original It movie, yeah. where the clown, oh, that was the 80s, that clown wasn't that creepy looking. He almost looked more like a stereotypical clown. But um, once again, with that even, you have this deranged entity after people, and that got a spinoff series. So there was a lot of that in the media. Then you had, uh, then you had uh, the Poltergeist movie, which that also led to a bunch of um, clown sightings. Um, right before, right before that movie came out, um, there were there was another wave of these sightings, and it happened again when Killer Clowns from Outer Space came out. There was a wave of it, and so I think you're seeing in the media these creepy clowns, and so people are getting more and more afraid of them, and then they just start showing up and that just is kind of to me hysteria it kind of sounds like stranger danger um and less like it sounds less and less likely that anything was ever actually there and that it wasn't just like it that it was just people freaking out and it also kind of mimics other like hysteria cases of like you know um 
the Slenderman cases. Um, and um, there was a really great one in the 80s, right around the same time as the clown sightings, the first like big wave of them, that um, Dungeons and Dragons inspired Satanism. And yeah, so there was a huge religious religious craze that was everyone for some reason thought satanic rituals next big thing that it was trending yeah where that even started from i have no clue i mean it came it definitely came like through the catholic church but 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 where what inspired this great idea (laughs) there's who's to say yeah um yeah like that's weird um, and then you also have uh, the Insane Clown Posse. No, I don't know that. how much you know about them. It's a band. Okay. Uh, it's, I've never heard of this band. Have you ever heard of Juggalos? I actually think I have, but I don't think I've, I don't think I know anything about them, really. Okay, so a Juggalo is a fan of Insane Clown Posse. Okay. And just like the name sounds, all of the fans and the band members dress up like crazy clowns and do drugs and then go out on binges after doing a shit ton of drugs. Uh-huh. And so they've denied having any association with this hysteria, hysteria, <laughs> but they did admit that their fans will roam the streets dressed as clowns and scare people when they're on drugs. And so isn't that exactly what this whole thing is? Like, did they basically just omit to it? How much influence of your own are you liable for controlling responsibly so for example like if i pay one guy to go out and scare people but then he tells his what would be great as if we all went and scared people you only hired the one guy are you are are you directly responsible for the guy bringing his friends without telling you and the, and them all doing the very same thing it sounds like this is kind of what's happening to the band is, you know, they do the thing. This It's something they're known for, but they aren't necessarily like actively saying go out and scare people. By that point, it's more the it's more the irresponsibility of the drugs that's taking over there. Right. But uh, so how much how much the studios may not have had direct influence on most of these cases. Right. And yet. A re- and yet a public response to these uh, could have been, could have generated the remaining cases. Mm-hmm. It's real. It happens a couple of times that you see at these concerts, the band members being like, now go out on the streets and like, let's fuck it up and stuff like that. So like, mm. are they then directly influencing them if they're saying that? Not, not, not the most responsible command to give out. I, I will admit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. Like, I'm like, I just feel like that right there kind of does put some of the responsibility on them. But that, you know, that's, mm. but then again, that, that still detracts from our current theory that the, that the makers of it were responsible for the theory. So now, now we're still talking about one of the, one of the mediaries between uh, the conspiracy didn't happen at all. And uh, the conspiracy absolutely covers everything. Is right. you, you, most most of the what seems like it could have been reality is sort of midway between absolutely the studio did it all behind the scenes and they had no part to play. It's sort of intermingled. They yeah. probably were involved in some of it, and then the rest of the world just sort of Jumped carried around. on what they had started. Yeah, which in a way would be a really genius publicity stunt knowing how much people will jump on the bandwagon and go with it yeah and like we do, go ahead it's just that like i'm not sure so one of the so one of the things that i noticed when i was doing my research on this is that most of the publicity stunts the actual the actual um the actual promoted uh sightings by these filmmakers and producers occurred locally, either near where filming and photography was taking place or near uh, where the actual uh, production studios, uh, you know, yeah. have their actual headquarters. You didn't have the actual publicity stunts that were paid for uh, occurring anywhere outside of those areas. Right. It was rather locally concentrated. Uh, 
so all of the so all of the it movies principal photography happened in canada mm-hmm. so it seems it seems odd to me that there would be uh confessions outside of canada of the, of these people being uh being paid by the studios to do these little promotional stunts mm-hmm. uh, it 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 there are precedents for studios asking people to do promotional stunts for them yeah but this goes against the precedent by having them hire people away from where the production is taking place. Now, you do have instances though with like, um, there was a book released a while back called Bad Clowns. Okay. And um, when that book came out, that was another wave of clown sightings. And um, Ben Radford, the writer of the book, admitted to hiring people in every state to publicize it, to get more word out about the book. Now, looking at that, I could see how it would happen outside of the filming areas and everything. However, that's to market a book from an underground writer. That's very different from a huge movie that's been made once already that we're remaking that an author as famous as Stephen King wrote. Yes. And so, like, I feel like it wouldn't have the need to market to that extent because everyone already was like, oh, Stephen King's it, and it's going to be scarier because they have better effects and... This this is another very uh, another very good point, uh, which also shows uh, a deviation from the precedent of other films. Uh, for example, uh, you already mentioned Gags, Gags the Clown in Green Bay, Wisconsin. The thing about Gags is that that mo- that was only going to be a short film, and it was rather low budget. Right. Uh, and so they didn't have a lot of money to de- to devote to promoting this short film, this creation they were trying to get out. And that directly contrasts with the huge, the huge uh, budget and the, the, of the mainstream media film, It. Uh, it's not like this was a small indie project. No, not at uh, all. And so the benefit, for, uh, the benefit of creating a public publicity stunt usually has to do with the finite resources an individual legitimate source has. And so they turn to the, the, uh, the public's uh, propensity for spreading stories. Uh, and they use, and they use uh, the, just social media as their advertising platform. Uh, but again, but that, even that tends to have limited results uh, at least in terms of specifically attracting people to come see, for example, your movie. Yeah. Uh, because it's hard, it's easy to get people afraid of clowns attacking them in the streets. It's harder to then capitalize on that fear to say, you know what, you really need to calm yourself down from the, these reportings of the news having There's like clowns everywhere. You should just watch a movie about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and that's the big thing is that like, if, fear is instilled from a marketing stunt you wouldn't want to go see the film and marketing has to sell something if it doesn't sell you're kind of failing and you should relook at what you're how you're marketing yes and then you brought social media into Mm. it we're in an age where actors who are doing movies have millions of followers like and everyone who watched stranger things went to see it because finn wolfhard was in it and like yeah you have the media followings where all like all they had to do was post a picture and be like come see this movie and i'm sure a shit ton of people went with just that um so why pay the money and go the extent of hiring (laughs) someone to do something like this where you're risking potential of scaring people to the point that they don't want to see your film yes uh if we're if we're talking promotional things for a movie the thing that would make the most sense would be to simply have someone dress up as it and then do nothing. Just stand there. Because then they're not actually posing a threat, but they look out of place enough that it gets people asking the question why they're there. And that brings interest to your film that doesn't necessarily have a negative connotation. Now, with that, though, at what point is standing around and looking like terrifying a crime? Because there are public harassment laws that go with 
um, raising fear for um, fun, essentially. So at what point would someone standing there not doing anything, but scaring the shit out of people just by do being there, does it veer into territory of legal issues? This is a good point. Uh, and one of the things that I think people tend to overlook is that it's not as if a publicity stunt can just happen without regulation. Right. Uh, so tip, so like it, the ideal circumstance is you would want to inform the police ahead of time uh, as to the whereabouts and behaviors of a particular a person involved in a stunt. Uh, however, I'm sure that doesn't happen all the time. And the reality is probably the people who are getting paid to do these jobs, just one-off one -off little jobs, they're getting paid enough that they're not too concerned about the consequence yeah. of going, you know, if you get, you know, a public harassment charge is not going to in any way be as expensive or resource, ex or resource exhaustive uh, it's not going to be a significant dent in whatever you just got as a paycheck for doing right. a promotional stunt. Now, I will say, like, with the, you are supposed to alert the police anytime you're doing a publicity stunt, yeah. especially if it's one that involves weapons, kidnapping, mm -hmm. anything that could be conceived, per, not conceived, perceived as, yeah. as dangerous or violent. And yeah. we have a first-hand experience of witnessing that where at my sister's school they were doing there was a film that was filming there and there was a scene where a girl got dragged out a window and in, thrown into a van not only did they not tell the police they didn't tell the school that they were filming that scene so it was just a live abduction that's what everyone thought because they see all these masked men dragging a poor screaming girl into a car and speeding off and so people were like locking their doors, completely flipping shit, calling the cops. And they got into a lot of trouble because they just neglected to tell anyone that that's what they were doing. And while there was no actual danger to the public, it's viewed as a terrorist attempt because it instills, instills so much fear without knowledge. Yeah. And like, if you know that this is happening, you're going to like look out your window and be like, <laughs> cool. Like they're filming that. That's kind of cool. But if you have no idea what's happening and you see someone, you know, get thrown in a car, like that's yeah. terrifying. And <clears throat> like almost like PTSD instilling, <laughs> like yeah. I would not want to go see that film after seeing that at all. No. And so, I mean, it's the same thing. Um, I got a text from Becca about this that, um, Seeing it, um, she wasn't scared because killer clowns aren't real. Although there is history that they are. But knowing that they are now, having if you had seen that in the news before you saw the film, she wouldn't want to go see the film. Yeah. And so it's exactly of like the fear of it and like witnessing it or thinking you witnessed it. Mm, you're right about that incident too. Um, one of our classmates was rehearsing a scene and was outside of a dorm room yelling, I've got a gun and I'm coming in. Mm. And it was just a line from the scene. But did anything happen with that one? Nothing happened. We were just worried that like something was going to happen because. Yeah, but the scene, was yeah. like, the scene was like somebody was in a barn and the guy thought he was being robbed. So he came in with a gun, which like. It was a, it took place in the country, like it made sense. But if you're yelling, I've got a gun in a dorm room outside of a door, people in their dorms can hear that. Like that's terrible. Yeah, that doesn't look too good. And so had something happened, he could have gotten in trouble for that, even though it was just a scene. Um, someone could have gotten really freaked out. Um, we're pretty lucky that they know there's theater majors on campus. And so they kind of just ignore us most of the time. Yeah. But all it takes is one person who doesn't understand that theater majors are going to be yelling things that we probably shouldn't be yelling um, to call the cops and really create a big issue out of it. And while like we're saying that there's not a crime happening here if it's a marketing stunt, it's still, we're going to go with the fact that it's a marketing, we're going to stick with that. Yes, marketing stunt. It still created a lot of paranormal, I cannot talk today, paranoia, which resulted in a fatal stabbing of a 16-year-old 
Mm -hmm. Um, A girl bringing a knife to school to protect herself. A girl trying to hire a clown to murder her teacher. And a group of guys um, that actually admitted to standing in the edge of the woods trying to lure kids in with candy to hurt them. Um, There was another couple that admitted to dressing up as clowns and trying to lure a boy into their house to sexually assault him. Yeah. And it's, um, even if it is a marketing stunt, it gives people like that a really easy way to hide with the marketing stunt and get away with committing crimes. Yeah, this, this is, uh, this is the real issue is, but that, but again, this is separate from the actual promotional stunts of a studio because Mm -hmm. a studio wouldn't want the kind of negative attention that uh, claims of having been hired, having hired clowns to go out and stab people. (laughs) That's not the kind of attention you want for your film. And Uh, so they should be smart enough not to market that. Yeah, which is why, which is which is why it would make more sense for passive passive attention from a static, mostly inactive and harmless stunt worker to go out and be the promotional, right. uh, the promotional bit. That would make sense from a marketing standpoint, which, to be fair, matches up with the vast majority of confirmed clown sightings. Right, right. You also then with the clown sightings, people were starting to get arrested also for falsifying other crimes that happened. Yeah. By blaming it on the clowns, um, people were um, arrested for dressing up as the clowns. And so, I mean, um, I kind of feel like, uh, again, with the issue of if they had marketed it this way, that um, it created room for a rise in crime, a rise in hysteria, um, just like it would have instilled a lot of room for error. Jesus Christ, a lot of room for error that we should have, that would have theoretically been thought of beforehand. Yeah. But then, I mean, even if it did start with just um, gags, there's the possibility of copycats. Yeah. You know, teenagers who just think it's funny, and so they're going to do it too, to scare people. Hey, bro! Hey, bro! Awesome bro take! Yeah, man, I hoped you noticed I got it from Phoenix Fit. Like the bird? No, it's spelled F-N-X Fit. Fuel for greatness. Oh, yeah, man! You are pretty great! You know, I've totally heard of them. I get my protein powder from them. Dude, bro, you use protein powder? That's why you look so good. Man, thanks, bro! Dude, I'm looking at the website right now. They donate a gallon of clean water to parts of the world that don't have it every time you make a purchase. Well, bro, that's so beautiful. Just like our bromance, dude. I love you, bro. No, I love you, bro. Use the code CRASHER with a capital C for 15% off every purchase at fnxfit.com. On the criminal front of it, you have Pogo the Clown. And I don't know how much you know about that one. Not at all. If I said John Wayne Gacy, would that name mean anything to you? That name means something to me. Okay. He did birthday parties and charity events dressed up as a clown. Pogo the Clown is John Wayne Gacy. Ah. So we have that. That like, I mean, that's a serial killer who would dress up as a clown. And so you could also be risking copycat killers being like, oh, there's all these sightings right now. This is my chance. Yeah. And I remember, I mean, this was 2016. This was our freshman year of college. No. Yeah. Freshman year? Yeah. It was our freshman year. And I remember, because I did not live on campus. I lived in this really nice, but like really old kind of creepy house. And it was hella haunted. And that's a story for another day. (laughs) But I remember walking through this area we called the hunting lodge. And it was this big glass window that had a lot of like high plants. And walking in there at night, I was always just waiting for the clown to be there. Like just waiting for the clown to be hiding in the bushes. I would see people walk by and be like, all right, what is that? Um, I made Becca sleep in there. She's blaming me for that right now. Um, Oh, good. But also our school kind of backs up to this little wooded area. And I would always park right by it. 
And a lot of the sightings were claimed to happen right by the woods. Yeah. And so I'd be walking to my car at, you know, 8, 9 p.m. And I had pepper spray just because it's New York, but was always a little extra, like, on edge at first because I was like, there's going to be a clown there. And, like, mm. you know, there's the logical part of me that's like, no, this is bullshit. Like, you're fine. But because it was in the media, it was on the news, it was everywhere. I was yeah. just waiting for it to happen. And then, kind of funny fact, after the movie, uh, we don't have basements in Texas. Mm. It's not a thing. I'd never been in a basement before I moved. And the basement there was really creepy. There was one light, and it was just one light bulb hanging down on a string. Yeah. Um, the laundry was down there. It was kind of moldy. It didn't smell good. Um, very dark, creepy room. Okay. And I remember, you know the scene in the movie where he's down in the basement and Georgie's there and it's like, you'll float too, you'll float too. And he goes, hard, hard to forget the iconic scene. Yes. Right. I would literally go down there and just charge up the stairs as soon as I started the washing machine. Cause I was like, I'm going to be murdered by a fucking clown that got into the house and is hiding in the basement. And like, again, the rational part of me is like, no, you're full of shit. It's a movie and you're a big baby. <laughs> but also, there was a big hole in that basement that no one knew where it led to. And, like, everyone in the house was kind of like, yeah, it's just there. The cats get stuck in there sometimes, but no one really knows what's in there. And so I'm like, cool, 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 cool. So there could be a person hiding in there. Like, cool, cool. There could be a dead body in there. That house is really old. Um, and so, like, I think fear is going to be instilled no matter what when you're dealing with a horror movie. Yeah. And so and that's, in and that's exactly its intent. Yeah. And so I don't think there would be the need to market it this way. Because um, it just caused a lot of issues. My brother's school was put on lockdown um, because there were threats there that they were going to shoot up the school. Yeah. Um, like, it, it's almost like the backlash itself was more dangerous than the clown sightings. Well, that's... Debatably. I think there was... I do think there was a... I wouldn't call it a backlash. Because it's not, it's not like most of the negativity came in response to the clown sightings. It was due to like a propagation of further clowns. Yeah. Uh, and those, and the further ones became, and the, the longer it went on, dream and, uh, and, you know, loosely based they became, uh, you know, I've got one story. Uh, I got one story from the news that says that uh, two people in Orange County, Florida, uh, got out of their car after something after they hit something with it, uh, and twenty people with a mixture of like purge masks and clown masks came and attacked them with weapons. Uh, one of them got hit in the head with a hockey stick. One of them got stabbed in the head. Uh, luckily, they both survived. Uh, they were they were in the hospital for a while, but they survived. Uh, but it's not as if twenty armed people in a mixture of clown and purge masks has any single influence. It's just a de it, it's it's a deviation from the original sources that just got exploded and inflated into a much bigger broader issue yeah. uh and that's that i think is the real danger that was posed during the clown panic it's not so much the that whatever initial publicity stunt if any occurred it's not that those actually happened it's that all the following events which were based on that initial influence and gave people the idea hey i can go out and anonymously anonymously uh do whatever i want under the guise of a clown and then at the very worst it wasn't me it was someone else who wanted me to promote something it's it's the excuse that it creates that causes the real issue right you know i think the reason i bring up the backfire though the backlash of it is that there were people calling the cops and this was one of the news articles i found to ask if they could shoot people they saw as clowns on first sighting. And that's way more dangerous than the clowns ever were because they weren't people dressed up as clowns. They were people who saw one and decided that they were dangerous. Well, man, man has always been, you know, in response to either something that makes you angry or fearful, 
the two responses are always fight or flight. And like, I mean, I'm a fighter. I fight naturally. Um, I know you do too. Yeah. I get the instinct of it. I mean, I've punched people in haunted houses. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's really off topic of the entire um, theory, other than the fact that it could have created, it leaves room to create a lot of actual danger and a lot of actual fear. But yeah, well, well, I think it still relates, I think it actually does relate fairly well to the conspiracy theory because it reminds us again of the kind of perspective you have to have when organizing a publicity stunt. These studios are not about to try and be like, oh yeah, our movie was directly responsible for several murders. That's not gonna get you any ticket sales. Uh, The kind of ticket sales, the kind of ticket sales that you're gonna get are gonna mostly come from increasing the mystery and aura of your film. And that comes usually not through violence, but through obscurity and, you know, ambiguity. Right. The guy dressed up as a clown who's just looking at you yeah. as you walk down the street. That oh, gets you thinking, what the hell is going on? Around and that's the- exactly the kind of thing that draws people in. Yeah. Around the same time, in like early October-ish, I guess, there were a couple of incidents out by our school. I'm not going to name locations for safety. Yeah. Um, where there were red balloons in gutters. And I'm sorry, that's a much better marketing stunt. Yeah, that like, is exactly the kind of thing. Like, if you, I would definitely believe that was, although I, again, I can't really, like, say that's proof that a studio paid for that. Absolutely not. They but it absolutely is, but it's definitely propagating the it without being a violent indicator. Because you're like, oh, What's that? Red balloon, red balloons in the gutter, huh? I wonder why. Like that instills curiosity a little bit more, I think. And so I think if it were marketing, I mean, people that are hired for marketing, I feel like are smart enough, or I would hope are smart enough to know what's going to market it well and the results and like the um, consequences of it, yeah. and like. With that, there isn't a negative consequence. I cannot think of a single negative consequence of a balloon. Yeah, but uh, unless unless somehow like the balloon got carried away and like clogged up the sewers somehow. Right. That's right. the only. That's the oh, that's the worst case scenario. <laughs> yeah, the that that's a good example of a very that would be a very effective promotional uh, stunt to pull. Probably hard to organize in general but uh, on like a wide scale, but at the same time, very effective. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's, I think we have enough here to pretty conclusively say any promotional stunts organized by the studio do not account for the actual violent encounters which occurred during the clown scare that just happened to involve clown disguises. I agree on that entirely i think there's complete evidence of that the question is then was any of it a publicity stunt for the movie it that's all we have left and that unfortunately is the kind of conspiracy theory that you can never really answer with evidence unless someone comes forward with credibility Mm -hmm. with a paper trail uh the studios denied it multiple times yes and stephen king denied it multiple times. You have a few people who, when arrested, tried to pin it on a studio. That's not really a credible witness, however. No, absolutely. Uh, They have too much motivation to lie there just to get out of jail. Um, It also doesn't help, of course, that there were other killer clown films being made at exactly the same time with lower budgets that that were less mainstream and therefore would have had less access to more conventional routes of promotion. Right. It seems much more plausible that these would be the films that would resort to such extensive global scale uh, publicity stunts to draw attention. Yeah. 
I mean, I must say the short film that had gags doing that probably got really fucking lucky that this happened right after it in terms of publicity. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, the whole thing's very weird. And like, while I think it's very feasible that it could have been a publicity stunt, I don't think it is. Like, yeah. I don't think that the team did that. Um, I will say this. Following the trends from the other movies where they actually did do promotional stunts on a local level, it wouldn't be entirely out of possibility that specifically within the, the Canadian range of, of the pr- principal photography, I, could, I, could, I, I think you could fairly say, yeah, the studio probably had something to do, at least in indirectly, with those particular sightings. That's, that's pretty plausible. Everywhere else in the world, it becomes less and less so. Yeah, but yeah, no, I mean, I do see, like, possibilities of it and where it could be one, but to this extent, I can't believe it. Like, Yeah, the- that, that, I, that I think is where it really comes down to, is it absolutely could have happened, but on the global scale and to the, and to the extent that, it, that the 2016 uh, clown panic actually ensued, almost certainly not. Uh, so, unless, so unless you choose to narrow your field of interest when it concerns the conspiracy, you're gonna, you, you know, the wider, the wider the influence you're implying, the less likely it is the right. conspiracy is actually true. So to wrap this up, I think we're in agreement that some sort of physical promotion probably happened, but not in the US probably in Canada. Yeah. And this happened worldwide, but had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if the closest you could say is that it was just yet another excuse in a long line of scary clown media mm-hmm. that, it, that, you know, gave, that inspired people to go out and do things dressed as clowns. That's not really the same thing. That's not really the same as any particular project of any particular producer being an actual source for these uh, events. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, all in all, it's just kind of a mess. It's a messy situation. It's Uh, a messy situation. There are no clear cut answers. No, I wonder what the risk, like, this is just complete thought in general, what's the risk of a lawsuit for the company after something like this happens if enough people were to blame it on them despite their denial? That's a good question. For the non-violent, for the non-violent clown sightings, any arrests that happened there, they'd almost certainly not win a case against their, against, you know, the makers of it. They'd almost, it's almost certain they would not win that kind of lawsuit. If violent encounters, not necessarily like lethal ones, like the ones we've talked about where people actually brought weapons into the, pro, into the issue. But, uh, but if we talked about just like the ones where like you run up and grab people in the streets, that's, that counts as legal assault and paying someone to legally assault someone else if if enough people came forward saying yeah this happened we have the checks they get, they paid us with as proof yeah you could win that lawsuit absolutely uh i don't even know what the extent of that charge would be i'd imagine it wouldn't be i'd imagine it would probably be like a very large fine given as a sum to be the penalty for many collective counts right i doubt anything beyond that would happen like i doubt there would be arrests in such a case Mm -hmm. Uh, public apologies and money is usually what it comes down to yeah yeah it's very interesting it's very odd i guess for lack of a better word um i don't know i just i'm a little stuck on it i'm a little stuck on it because I I don't know. I see so many 
things that are just room for error and so many things that like could go really well and like I don't like do you know what I'm saying I don't know what I'm there saying. is there there is so much potential that could have been worked with by the studios and yet any concrete evidence that that potential was tapped by the studios at any point is so lacking that it's it's almost it's it's almost frustrating how open-ended and completely unsupported the theory is mm -hmm. you know like if it if the theory were true there would have been so many opportunities to prove it by this point that we should have already it wouldn't even be a conspiracy anymore it would be a historical fact yeah. Uh, so the fact that it is still so open-ended implies that it didn't happen, but at the same time has no bearing on the on just how feasible it is that this really happened. Mm -hmm. it's, so, it's a frustrating situation. Yeah. It's, I mean, I have a hard time also just knowing that there's not going to be answers. Um, but I like answers for everything, so I mean, I can't. Yeah. Like, I know I'm not able to fix that at all or make that any better. Um, but like my brain. Oh, but, but that's exactly the point of this show is that it's not. It's very hard to find real, definite answers for conspiracy theory. But it takes people who are interested in finding the real answers to actually explore them in depth enough to see if there's any kernels of truth lying under the surface. Right. And I mean, I think there is room for truth. There's going to be an element of truth in it regardless, but I just don't think it's the truth that most people are wanting. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with Occam's razor in this case and say that not every clown, consp every clown sighting in 2016 was paid for by it. Occam's yeah. razor tells me probably didn't happen that way. Do you want to take two seconds and describe, explain Occam's Razor to people who aren't going to know it. Okay, I do not off the top of my head remember the exact quote which, in, which first historically described Occam's Razor. It's, I mean, it's basically simplifying, is it, isn't it? Isn't it basically just saying that, like, things shouldn't be multiplied without necessity? Yes. It's, yeah. it, you know, in general, Making up more variables makes something less likely to be true, or at the very least, less likely to occur in such a way as to make what you said correct. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's easier to assume that someone is going to go, go about their typical daily routine than it is to assume that they are today going to go out and murder someone. Mm hmm You know? Yeah. That makes sense. It, does, it doesn't mean someone won't in that one day just snap and go murder someone. Right. But it says, in general, you can expect someone not to. Okay. Occam's razors, everyone. <laughs> we learned something new on this podcast today. Um, no, I mean, I think that's really it, though. Clown sphere, sea solved. Um, that's, that's really it. That's really it. Um, 